0: name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I still get nervous doing these things that I'm sure I'll loosen up as we go. Um, a word of warning. <clears throat> Today, we're only doing the prologue of John 1, which is John 1, verse 1 to 18. Um, this section is one of the most theological in the New Testament. Um, and so I'm scared that people are gonna be scared that every week is gonna sound very academic um, and stuff like that when it's not. Um, the way that I like to do things whenever we're going through the Bible is, okay, what does it mean as context? What does it mean um, if there's any ramifications theologically? And then how do we live that um, so that it's not just like a in-your-face, like factoid uh, type deal? But this this section is heavy. Um, I'm going to try and make it not heavy. But what's so interesting is that the whole Gospel of John is told in these first 18 verses. And... Um, It's like he's setting up this scene um, of everything that's going to happen, everything he's going to talk about, Um, and I hope it'll become even more clear when we get through the crucifixion and the resurrection. It'll always point back to this first section um, of what things were happening. So I'll read the section first, um, and then um, we'll get into it. Um, I don't know how you guys usually do things. Do you guys like to read? Does that slow it down? Because I don't care to do all the reading. I just don't know if it gets like cumbersome going around, it's like whatever you guys prefer. Do you guys want to participate or? Okay. <laughs> sounds good. All right. Well, that, that settles that. Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth we have beheld his glory glory as of the only son from the father john bore witness to him and cried this was he of whom i said he who comes after me ranks before me for he was before me and from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace for the law was given through moses grace and truth came to jesus christ no one has ever seen god the only son who is in the bosom of the father he has made him known. Glory be to God forever. Amen. So it is very intense, even though like it's it's poetic. Um, like like we mentioned uh, last week, the book of John is written in actually the most basic Greek possible. Um, anyone who takes like a, a beginner's course in Greek can read the Gospel of John right away. That's how simple um, his language choices are. And yet, when you're reading it, it's it's not simple. Um, and that's what makes it so complicated <laughs> um because it's 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 the most basic of words light life light truth right um that have humongous ramifications um and this gospel is going to be obsessed with those concepts um light is going to be a major theme uh truth is going to be a major theme and and the Gospel of John is almost polemical. <laughs> um, like the the first three Gospels, that what are called the synoptic gospels, there are a lot of stories of Jesus said this and then he did this miracle and everyone was happy or they were very sad, right? And 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 whenever something's like sad, like, oh but don't worry, like he, he's got this. Whereas the Gospel of John is very like to the point, um, unapologetic. Um, it's clear when it's being written that there's that they're responding to things being said as it, as it's being written, right? Because you gotta remember this is being written after the fact when the Jews have become extremely hostile um, to the Christians um, when they've started to part ways. So the destruction of the temple happens in the year 70, okay? And up to the year 70, Christians and Jews often shared a place of worship um, where they would start in the synagogue and sometimes go out. But after 70, it was like this complete taking separate paths the Jews were exterminated or evicted from from Israel, which they were all the way until post World War II, um, and the Christians are not happy about it, right? So there's polemics on both fronts, right? Um, and you'll and you'll see that in the, in the in the tone, and then there's some words that we're going to get into because flesh which we're going to get into momentarily it's not a common word in the gospels but in john it is a lot used Sarks, okay um and when we're going to talk about the word becoming flesh the word becoming flesh is the word becoming something that dies okay something becoming which we're going to get into that language has a beginning and it has a finite end right and so we're going to see that the Gospel of John is very it's very monastic. It's very anti-worldly, anti-material, anti-everything. Um, that's why some people accuse John of being a bit of a Gnostic, but we'll talk about that at another point. Um, so, first of all, the Gospel of John, so way back in the day, people didn't name books, okay? So you wouldn't write a book and then name it, like, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay, the name of the book was the first um, three—not necessarily three, but the first line or the first clause um, of uh, the article. Till this day, like papal documents from the Vatican, will be named after something. They'll be named after the first. um, Am I going to have to eat it? It Okay. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Oh, it just takes, okay, thanks, man. (laughs) So, um, until this day, papal documents will be named after the first line, right? Um, Usually in in Latin. So, why am I saying that? because there's a statement being made right from the very beginning of the Gospel of John, right? Is that any good Jew, in hearing in the beginning right in hebrew um bereshith i think if i'm not mistaken is immediately going to go to <laughs> Sorry. those of you online can't hear the whistling in the background but that's what we're laughing at um <laughs> the wicked witches here in the west um so um the any good jew would immediately be going to in their mind the, the book of genesis which is very intentional um because that's exactly actually what's going on um is that john is retelling the story of creation or of a new creation okay which is very very intentional as we'll see throughout the themes um the title gospel according to john would have happened about a hundred years after it was written okay that was something that came much much Um, later now why is he saying in the beginning is that he wants to start off with before time okay and so we're talking about before I'm so distracted I'm sorry (laughs) Um, is that all of this is happening before the dawn of time Why is that a big deal? Many people don't believe that today in in, in pop culture. (laughs) Thank you. No, no worries. I'll just wait for the whistling to stop. It's just gonna make me laugh, that's all. <laughs> I feel like there's a concoction going on behind me. <laughs> okay, how do I make it stop? <laughs> oh, it's the other side? Okay, <laughs> it's like I pressed off i'm so sorry guys um, okay let me just okay people online for the most part can you guys hear well if you guys can hear well enough people online then we're good okay um so a lot of people today don't think that the lord claimed that he was god right or that the gospels don't necessarily say that there's this claim that jesus is god um and we're going to get into that literally momentarily so part of it is that in, in going before time we're going to see what what john is saying about the logos Um, but it also seems like john might be trying to rewrite the torah a new law which is not shocking right because the, the 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 law of the old testament right of deuteronomy and leviticus and all these things is now the law of grace right and what is the law of jesus christ what is the law of the gospel and so it seems very intentional that he's um trying to say to the reader i'm doing something very bold Right, I'm, I'm not. I'm not dancing around things. Um, to really understand the Gospels, people really need to read the Old Testament. A lot of people don't like Old Testament, but um, maybe after we get through John, I don't know what we'll do next. But I think it would be really cool to go through the Old Testament um, to get it, like to understand what's going on. We don't. Um, we don't have to. Um, and as we said, there's these words in the Gospel of John that we're going to keep coming up over and over, like light and water, um, and and how they're used in a material sense and what they should mean in a spiritual sense or in an immaterial sense. Um, the Lord in the Gospel of John is going to always contrast those two, right? Where he'll make comments that make no sense to people because of how he means it right? Well, he'll be like, that's not light. And they're like, yes, it is. Um, He's like, it's not true light, right? That's not joy. And like, yeah, no, we're happy. And like, no, I'll show you real joy, right? Um, This is water. It's not real water, right? As we're going to see, the wedding at Kana will be water. Within a few chapters, it's going to be Samaritan woman with water. And then it's going to be a man um, by the pool who can't walk. And then it's going to be the Feast of Tabernacles, where they celebrate light, and they celebrate joy, and they celebrate renewal, right? All these things are gonna, are gonna come up, and they're really, really important. Um, and just like the beginning of Genesis talks about time and days, etc., cetera, that's why he's starting it here. Um, so, in the beginning was the word and the word is with God, and the word was God. So as we said, that takes us to Genesis 1. And usually saying Logos um, refers to a spoken word. In the beginning was the Logos, okay? Um, And this word is going to be monumentally important when we get to the temple at the end, because the Hebrew word for Logos is Dubar. And that was the name of the Holy of Holies in the temple. So this is going to all come full circle. John is a master storyteller. But in the the choice of words, I'm not I'm not going to always be like oh in the Greek in the Greek to show off some kind of academic knowledge. It's just that things do get lost in translation. That when we're reading in English, we might not see because the the choice of saying in the beginning here um, is actually taking you into timeless eternity. It's not just like okay at the beginning of the story, this happened. It's saying okay now exit from everything and go back before and this is where we're starting the story. Um, And logos, um, the way that it's being used here is expressing a personality rather than a spoken word, okay? Um, And this concept of the word taking on kind of like a persona is not new to the Jews, okay? Um, And so I can post, I won't go through them all, but all over the Old Testament is... By his word, he established one, two, three, right? And by his word, this person did. And by his speech, um his speech went forth from him and doesn't return to him, right? Empty, right? is one of the things that that gets said. Um and so this concept of a word being this some form of personification um, of God wasn't new. Right, So John's not pulling a new um, feature in the gospel. It's something that would have been crazy. The other thing that the Jews were very commonly using was this concept of his glory, right? Shekinah, um, uh, I think it is is the word. I might have it wrong. Um, of that the Lord's glory dwelling among the people. And where did it dwell among the people? In the tabernacle, in the tent, in the temple, right? Which we're going to get into because there's an intentional word that John is about to say, to say, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, okay? That it's not ambiguous um, for them. And so what's being very clearly expressed is that the expression of God has creative power, that this this expressing this word of God is able to create and to make things. Um, And so by using the word logos, St. John is is appealing to Jews and, and Gentiles because they had a concept of logos too, right? And so it's almost like he's trying to make this a universal message that affects the whole entire world and not just um, the Jewish people. I promise you this will be less dry as it goes along because I feel badly already. Um, But St. John is being redundant and he's using three different kinds of grammatical things when he says these first lines that matter. Okay. So, by saying in the beginning, he said, okay, at the starting point, at the original beginning, um, the way that that might be better to translate in English is saying, when the beginning began. Okay, so right before this act of creation, so predating it, that's the more literal translation, the word was already there is a more literal translation of of that first line. So in the beginning was the word, would better translate as, when the beginning began, Logos was there. Okay, so it's saying, step out of time, he's already there. Um, Which was one of the reasons why Arius, when he talks about the creation of the word, trying to put Jesus as a created being, right? Why one of the main scriptures being referred to was this, to say, no, Um, scripture does say that he predates it Um, then he says that the word is with god and the greek for pros is it means was face to face with god okay so what he's saying so in the beginning was the word and the word is with god is that he's saying okay first of all he predates creation he's not creation second of all he's face to face with god the father okay so in scriptural language um because people get very surprised when they're saying how come they're saying jesus and then god right god is always referring to the father okay and so now it's saying and he was face to face with the father why does that matter because he's saying he's not the same as the father right he's not the same person as the father um and then the word was God, and the Greek grammar there is also important because it, it leaves out a definite a definite article, um, which I won't get into the logistics of what that means, but the point of saying that is saying that he's making a very clear distinction between God the Father and God the Son, right? A lot of people, when it comes to Trinity, um, we talked a little bit about this, I think, on Friday, but um, The Trinity is not a convenient Christian doctrine, (laughs) right? Because it makes no, it's mind blowing. It doesn't make any sense to us. None of us can wrap our minds around it, right? But it was not, it's not like we want it. It's not like we're like, oh, let's have Trinity, right? It was just like, for some reason, this is who God is, right? It's how it's revealed. We can talk about it. We can think about it. We can analogize about it, but we're not trying to make God a Trinity. We're just recognizing that he's revealed himself as a Trinity, right? And these are the kind of scriptural passages that are hard to avoid. Right, where it's just like, okay, like it is what it is, we don't get it, but that's that seems to be um, what's being said. Um, so, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Now, in all things being not lilla, blah blah blah, blah. Um, not by him, is not, not anything made that was made. Again, the language here is not about a process of like just saying, you know, as God speaks, there's this thing that's happening over time. It's actually got a very specific Greek meaning of saying that there's a real event that occurred. Right. So why am I bothering to say that is that John is saying without any doubt to him. The logos is the creator. Okay, like it's, it's a very bold statement, right. He's, he's drawing it. And this is a first century text. Um, but why does this word matter? Okay, let's just make this practical for a second. Okay. If you're told that AP exists, but you can't ever see AP. How do you know AP exists? How could you ever experience me in any way to know that I exist? Anyone? (laughs) It wasn't rhetorical. Okay, but if you can't see me specifically okay hearing right basically i need to have a way of showing purposeful action right like there has to be some way of expressing right there's whether i move something say something talk to somebody do something communicate like but there has to be some form now the the way of 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 us experiencing of saying how do i hear god through god speaking right that's why it's not accidental that he's called logos that he's called species called rational right of saying that it's by it's by his saying that i can hear him and that i can know him okay um and so he's saying that everything's made by this person and nothing was made by him that was made that was made And that I can only know the Father if he expresses himself, okay? I, otherwise, I don't have any way. Um, as we're going to come to, right, is that no man has seen the Father at any time, is what he says momentarily. Um, how did he create? We have no idea. We don't know, right? Like, like that, that's not being answered here, right? How did he do it? We have absolutely no idea. Fast, slow, instantaneous, no idea. Right. What was the mechanism? What was in it? We really don't know. Right. We just know that his, his speaking did it. Um, but that everything that he made is originating in the sun, right. Isn't originating in the logos. Why does that matter? Because as we're going to get into in this gospel over and over and over, like I said, it's not gonna be this philosophical later, the gospel of John is going to constantly compare two worlds a world of is and a world of becoming okay anything that is in the world of becoming is something that has an origin okay that enters into time that starts in itself time and dies and that anything in that realm is not the real stuff the real stuff is the stuff that just always is light life truth Okay, and that those things have no origins, they have no beginnings and they have no ends and they are the real meaning of everything. Everything else only exists because of that world. And what St. John is trying to show us throughout here is that this is a breakthrough in the history of the universe, where the world of is and the world of become are intersecting. Okay. Um, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And this is going to the the verse. The words "life" and "light" they show up twice in verse four, um, and they show up in verse four, five, six twice in verse eight, and also twice in verse. It's this. He just keeps repeating it, right? Life and light, life and light, life and light. Um, and I'm going to come back to that at the end um, with some reflections. But basically, it's this breakthrough into the world. So, for example. A baby in the womb of its mother is in darkness, right? They can maybe hear gargled, garbled sounds from the outside world, right? But they can't see. They can't know. They also don't live, right? And so throughout this gospel, we're going to be seeing that light is Is pulling you out of that womb, pulling you out of that darkness, pulling you out of that non-living place into the real world, right? That when the light turns on, now you can see, now you can understand, now you can really live, right? And this is going to be all centralized in the person of, of the logos. But light is what makes the world visible. Without light, you can be in the world but not see it. Right? When the lights are off, we're, we don't cease to be in this room. But at the same time, we don't experience the room. We don't know the room. Right? But by turning on the light, all is exposed, all is seen, all can be understood. Right? And then you can make sense of things. Um, so, this world, the world of becoming, it's not self existent. And so just like Genesis, right? St. John is saying, you're part of this product, right? You're part of this after creation um, moment. But that the light that we have in our world comes from the true light, right? And any meaning in in, in the world of becoming should come from the real world. And then he gets into John the witnesser. So in this gospel, John's actually never really referred to as the Baptist. Um, he's always John the witnesser, John bore witness of him, um, which is setting us up for a major theme that we're going to see in the gospel of John. The gospel of John from chapter five on is one long trial, as we said last week. And so the the jur, jur, juridical language, juridical language is going to be all over right where he means witness not just in terms of a testimony but he also often means it from a legal perspective um, because the lord is pretty much on trial for the whole gospel Um, so there's a man sent from his god whose name was john Um, he came for a testimony to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him he was not the light but came to bear witness to the light so here's where there's actually some a little bit of, of, of drama going on in the time of the writing of this gospel because actually there was a whole big sect that actually still exists to this day who actually believed that John was the Messiah. Um, And even after the death of the Lord and even after the death of John, they remained loyal, believing that John the Baptist, he was the real Messiah and they remained loyal. So here's the author, here's St. John pointing at a group saying, no, like he's not, it's not him, right? I know that you guys know those people who believe that, but it's not him, okay? John was simply somebody showing witness to um, the true light, right? And it was the true light that enlightens every man that was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and yet the world knew him not. Like I said, he's setting up the stage. He's on the stage to say, he's a Jew, the Jews hate him. He's the originator of the world and the world hates him. He's the author of the universe and the universe will turn against him, right? But that he, is coming here, he is broken through this barrier, he has left what was his and took on what is ours, only to find rejection. Um, but to all who received him, but to all who received him who believe in his name, which is again gonna be the major theme, every single miracle, mind you, they're not called miracles um in the book of john they're called signs um they'll say this is the second sign that the lord did they, he doesn't use the word miracles But all of the, the the signs that he does is the question of do you believe do you believe do you believe right because it's an identity issue about him like do you believe who i am do you believe it if you do hold my hand i'll, I'll break you through okay but if not um, then don't. But if you believe in him, then he received him and they become, He. they're given power to become children of God who are born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So what he's saying is that he's setting up the stage, which by now there's already Christian baptism because the Lord has established it, of saying that in choosing to believe that this is who is being said, that this is not a man. That's why the opening sentence of this gospel is not a man, guys. Like not, there's no hidden agenda. This is God. And if you believe him, then now instead of becoming a child of the world that is, a child of the word that dies, that perishes, that the end of of, of, of flesh is decay. If you believe in this, you now have access to become children of God. What does that mean? It means that if you become, just like, that's why we're talking about some of these cultural concepts before, right? If you become a member of this family, you are an inheritor of this, which means that you don't die, which he's going to say. It's going to mean that you have light. And so he's saying, let me, as we... The the, the one phrase that's going to come from our psalmody over and over to me in this gospel is he took what is ours and gave us what is his, right? Is that it's saying, I'll give you of the world that is if you join me, right? If you believe. That connects to the beginning of Genesis when he said, don't live according to the flesh and you'll live forever. You won't die, right? So there's these intentional parallels going on, Right. saying that this new genesis is a restoration to how things are meant to be um, in genesis to take us back there Um, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us okay and actually the 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 word here is tabernacled he tented right he can't and why that matters is he's saying, okay, this word that I already identified to you as divine, as God, right? These are Christian claims that we just read casually. Where I'm like, this is a big deal. Like, this is what we're accepting by saying we're Christian, okay? Is that he's saying that the one who has no beginning, the one that says at the beginning, before the beginning, right? He's saying he allowed himself to have beginning, Right. So by using the word became, he's saying that he took on a definitive in time beginning, which means there's a definitive in time. end. some people struggle with why did the Lord have to leave? It's because he took on flesh. Flesh dies. Okay. And so by taking on flesh, he entered into the full world of mortality. Of saying, I will take on all of your finiteness. Right. Completely. And this is one of the most beautiful things in the incarnation when we understand it, is to say, the Lord understands all those temporal things. He knows what it means to feel anxious physically. He knows what it means to be starving. He knows what it means to be emotionally upset. He knows what it's like to feel lust. Right? He knows all of those things. He experienced all of them. I said, I will, whatever is physiologically yours, I will take it on, including that experience of death. I will take that on as well, and so the, he who is before the beginning began. Right, this is what we sing about in the in the praises, when we say he who is timeless entered time, incorporeal um, became corporal etc. Um, sorry, I got lost in my notes. So, why does he come? John, bear witness of him. Um, Oh, sorry, and we have beheld his glory. Sorry, I forgot what I was going to do with that. The tenting. Okay, in the Old Testament, before they built the temple, where did Jesus live? Or where did God live? Yeah, in the tabernacle, in the tent. Right? And King David feels badly because he has a a big house. Right? And so he says, he's like, okay, God, I'll, I'll make you a big house. Um... And God says, I don't really care about you. I was like, I, I've been living in a tent, um, but I, I kind of fill the whole world. <laughs> um, so like, don't worry about it. Right. And then like, no, 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 we must be must I'm like, okay, if you insist. Um, but like, you can raise the funds your son will build it. <laughs> I don't really care. Right. But the, but the Jews would take pride in saying the Lord who tents with us, who camps with us, because they were, they were a Roman group saying that, look at our God right? Our God is not a God out there. Our God is a God right here, right? And so he lives with us. He goes with us in our wars. He goes with us in everything we do. And what did they see in the tabernacle? They saw smoke. They saw fire. They saw all these things. And that was his glory, right? And that they're saying this is the glory of God, the Shekinah. So they were like, please, like, we don't want to see this. And that's why he's saying, John is saying, and we beheld his glory the lord took took flesh tented among us and he's saying i want you to have no mistake about what i'm talking about i am saying that the very god you have always worshipped is this god the one that you talk about who tabernacled with you it is this person it is the lord jesus christ right and just as when he tabernacled among you in a physical tabernacle before and you beheld his glory we we testify of him we were with him, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father. Right, the glory is the only Son of saying, "We know from whom he comes; he proceeds from the Father, from God." This is blasphemy, okay? To 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 a first century Jew and to a twenty first century Jew, this is blasphemy, right? And and that's what I'm saying. Saint John is being completely unabashedly straight of saying. No, we make no mistake about it. This is, this is what we're saying. There's no confusion. It's not a semantical thing. He's God, right? And this is who he is. So then John bears witness of him. It says, this is he whom I said, he who comes after me in the flesh, right? Because Jesus is born six months after his cousin. Um, is before Ranks above me because he came from before me. Um, it may be that John had said these things, right? The, the, the witnesser. And from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. So we moved from the grace of the Old Testament, right, to the grace of the new. Um, and he says, because the law was given through Moses. Um, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know if I want to talk about grace and truth right now, but to wrap this like as a coherent whole is we're saying, okay, the one who is, okay, God, right? God the Father. No one has seen him at any time, right? He's saying no one has seen the Father, and that was an understood thing in Jewish tradition. No one sees the Father and lives, right? That's one of the reasons why Traditionally, in iconography, there's clearly exceptions today. No one used to depict the Trinity. If you did, it'd only be the Son, right? But you wouldn't ever try and depict the Father. Um, so this 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 God who they believed to exist, how was he made known by his speech? And Saint John is saying, and God has always been known by his speech, because that was the tradition of the Jews, right? That's not he's not introducing something new. He's saying, so don't be shocked that he's being known by his speech, but what I'm telling you that you didn't understand is that now his speech took on flesh, right? His mind has been made known to us by the taking on of a body, right? That the intangible has become tangible by this voluntary act in time of God. Um, And he says, no one has seen him except the son, now, in, in, in this culture, how do you know the intimate thoughts of somebody? How do you get really close to somebody? You have to get close to their heart, right? That's how you know the internal one. This is why St. John is saying, no one has ever seen God the only son, who is in the bosom of the father, who is in the heart of God. He knows the father. And so he declares the father. And so he's saying, you know, all of you people, you've seen these random acts of God throughout the years that you don't even, you don't know, you might've seen some signs of his being, but you won't know who he is. You saw um, people die. You saw waters open in front of you. You saw rebellious people put out, but you don't know what it means. You saw actions of God. You saw actions of God, but you don't know what he means. You don't know what his heart looks like. You don't know how he feels about that. You don't know what drives him. You don't know what motivates him. You don't know them. You don't know his heart. But he who is in the bosom of the Father, he knows. And so he is here to declare to you the intention of God, the thought of God. The mind of god the feeling of god all of these things of god he is now declaring it to you because his proper place is there but that he's he's in the bosom of the father and yet with us right and we're going to see that language of the gospel where this ascending descending language where he's always in both places okay at the same time um for us to be able to get um to know him And so I'm going to skip most of what I have because I don't, I I think it's um, already went a little bit more academic than I want. I promise you this is not going to be the normal, but it's because there's a philosophical layout to the gospel of John that's always going to come back to this, right? It's always going to come back to what's real, what's real, right? Because anything that we have is a construct right we're trying to convey things we're looking for meanings and it's still the the way that many of us feel today right and we we put up masks and we put up all these things and 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 the lord throughout all these gospels is going to be trying to strip things of their fake mask and putting it on again putting on the real face of it saying let me show you what what real truth is because you're saying all this stuff but you're gonna end up dying right you do all these actions but what does it do for you right like none of this can can none of your mortality can rescue you from mortality because everything you make is made it's in the world of becoming it always is going to have an end of death right it's going to end but if you want to live to really 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 live um then you need to follow me um I can, I can put some notes online if you guys want of, like, where all these things can be found. But um, what I'm hoping that we'll see as we move on from here is that in the gospel of John, he wants to free you from anything other than God. Um, this is going to sound very offensive right now. I'm definitely orthodox, but... Um, as we go through the gospel you're going to see that i think saint john would hate what we've done with church today um would absolutely hate what we've done with church today like he'd be like god destroyed the temple just so you could rebuild it um where where it's where he's saying your your customs and your rituals they're just customs and rituals but they're not life they're not light at best they can point to them Right. They can point at real life, real light. Okay. Um, I'm not saying rituals wrong, right? What I'm trying to say is that they're in the world of becoming, right? Um, and you're gonna see the Lord just cutthroat sometimes, um, about these concepts, right? There's there's an episode that we're gonna see in John 7 through 10 where um, The people are like, good job, Jesus. Good job because he did these miracles and they're like praising him. And he turns around and he goes, really? Do you really believe that I'm who I say I am? Right? And then they get mad. They get mad that he challenged them. And they go, no, he has a devil. And he goes, oh, now I have a devil, right? Two minutes ago, I was God. You you guys just said it. But now I'm a devil, right? And so he's really trying to force, and this is why the question of belief is so important, and I think we've dismissed it so much as, a, as believers, even though that's the word belief, right? Is that we forget there's an active belief in being a Christian, right? That there's an active belief in saying that, do you believe that Jesus is the great I am? Okay, and that's probably the most important thing to, to get to before we end, right? Is that throughout um, the Gospels, uh, the, this gospel is these proclamations of the lord saying i am the way i am the truth i am the door i am the good shepherd these i ams are so lost in english translation um, because in english it's just normal to say i'm this but the word that's being used here "ego eimi." is a specific construct that is redundant, that is not the right, it's, it's the name of God. When the Lord was, when God was asked in the Old Testament by Moses, who do I say that you are? The Greek, the Septuagint, has God answer of saying, ego emi, I am I am in the state of being. Um, I am that is, I am the thing that is just, I am what I am, right? The most simple, saying that you can't even make it more simple because the language is already in almost its simplest form. Right? And he's saying, that's me. I just is. I am is ing all the time. Okay? Um, and that word became reserved for the name of God. You don't get to say it. Right? This is why some of you might not realize why in the garden, when the Lord says, I am he, and they all fall down, right? Where it's like, there's a reason why they all fall down. It's because he declared the name of God, and so they fell down as an act of worship, right? But we're going to see throughout the Gospels that Christ identifies himself over and over and over as the I am. So every time we see the Lord make a reference of saying, I am, it's a different way of saying I am than other people, right? And the other people, they're using the construct of the normal English, I'm AP, right? Whereas when Jesus is saying, he's saying, I, God, am this. Um, and that's why you see these people getting up to stone him having these dramatic responses. Anybody who, who thinks that the Lord did not claim he was God based on the Gospels is not understanding the Gospels um, because it's, it's so offensively explicit um, the way that, that he approaches it. And so the Lord will be revealing himself as light, as truth, um, and he will be asking every single person who walks with him, can you believe that I am if you are, come with me, right? And that becomes the gateway of all uh, conversation. And, um, I think I will stop there. Um, uh, the 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 organization of this will be will be cool because basically every mostly per week we're going to be doing a, like a, a full chapter. Some weeks we might do more than one if there's a narrative that's going. Um, and we're going to have a big chunk of just these encounters and signs, these miracles that God does. There's, there's only like, arguably, depending on how you count them, seven miracles in the gospel of John um, or signs. Um, and then it's called the book of glory. Um, because in the gospel of John, the glory is not the resurrection. The glory is the dying. Um, and 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 it's like a huge theme, um, and then uh, the resurrection uh, stories. Any questions, uh, comments, uh, feedback, criticism? Uh, sorry, I didn't seem to send these as we were going. Thank you, Rini. Yes, I agree. Um, Uh, mentioning a beginning implies an end no but the word has no end or does meaning out of time Um, so I don't know where that came in from um, like an order of speaking but that's why we're saying that a better translation was um, when the beginning began the word was already there so it's not putting a beginning on the word it's putting a beginning on creation but not on the word um. The point was actually the opposite to say, like, he's not part of that beginning, um, at all. But good question. Um, any questions here? Anything like that? Okay. I promise you, it's not going to be this academic and dry. I'm um, going for it. I get a really self-conscious because I know that, um, the academic Bible studies can be really heavy. Um, like for somebody who just wants to know how to live it. Um, and and I I intend to go there. Um, but without understanding the point we can lose the how to live it very easily um, because the the things that Christ says like I'm obsessed with the gospel of John if you haven't figured it out yet are in my view are mind-blowing right where I'm just like I wish I understood this as a kid um, for us to know where to go so I, I really haven't Given this section it's due, this section of of the Gospel of John, just those eighteen verses. If you see the commentaries of Saint Cyril of Alexandria, which is two books about this big, about this much of it is just on that first section, um, because obviously in the third and fourth centuries there's a lot of arguments about who Jesus is, um, and so it was it was voluminous um, on there, and it's. Um, it's, it's heavy. So I was trying to give a, a light version um, to get what we need for our Bible study, not for theology um, class. Um, thanks, homies. Um, we will wrap up. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart.